How are you guys tonight? Oh, wow, this mic is loud. How are you guys doing? Good. Anybody excited tonight? Now, I hope you guys are excited. Youth camp is coming up. I hope you guys are excited. Anybody excited for youth camp? All right. Anybody excited for Jesus? Woo! Come on. Uh, yes. Okay. So I'm going to actually just get this out of the way. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed, I do have a little scratch on my nose. So if you see that, uh, just know that um, I took, you know, I, I suffered for the gospel. I, you know, I got beat up for, for preaching. You know, me and Andre, that's our story that we're going with today. By the way, Andre's here on crutches. <laughs> that's awesome. <clears throat> um, but yeah, what happened was I was swimming in a pool and I went a little bit too low and uh, with my eyes closed, and I scraped the bottom of the, of the pool with my nose. So if you guys, you know, just, it's okay. I didn't, I didn't get in a fight. Abina didn't hit me or anything like that. Everything is good, you know, in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, I'm excited. I have something very interesting tonight to, uh, to say. Uh, to be honest, I've never, it's going to be more of a teaching I've never really done this before, but um, God willing, uh, it's going to be by the grace of God, God's going to allow me to talk about this. So before we start, let's pray and let's bow our heads and ask for God to speak. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight and we need you, Lord. We, we, Lord, are dependent upon you. God, we're dependent on your word. Lord, tonight we are hungry for you, Lord, and we are hungry to hear your word. Because, Lord, we know that your word is truth and your word, Lord, is, is powerful. Your word says that it's, it's like a sharp, double-edged sword that pierces, that divides, that, that cuts, Lord, that shows what's holy, what's spiritual, what's not spiritual, Lord. And tonight, we need your word. <clears throat> Lord, we need your word in our hearts. God, let not, Lord, we don't want to just hear your word, but, Lord, we want to be doers of your word. We want to hear your word and do what your word says. Lord, don't let it just fall on, on our ears and that's it. But God, we want it to fall in our heart and we want it to produce fruit, Lord, to produce fruit that you, Lord, want it to. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> tonight, I'm going to talk about something uh, that I've never really talked about before. But tonight, I want to talk about uh, the title of the sermon is Cautions of a Disciple. And I want to talk about just some of the things that we've been seeing in Christianity, uh, some of the, 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 the things that we see, you know, how churches and how the church and the world is just mixing today. There's a lot of mixing. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of foolishness really going on, uh, not a lot of discernment. But a lot of things are happening today that are just kind of very shocking for me. And when you see it all and you think, man... This is Christianity, this is biblical Christianity, and you're kind of amazed and you wonder, how is this happening today? Uh, and so, I want to talk about, uh, we can, let's turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. If you have a Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Who's got a, a New King James Version today? All right, I'm reading from the New King James. I heard, I heard a pastor say, I heard a pastor say, who's got a King James, wouldest thou withholdeth? up thy Bible, <laughs> but Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, it 
2 Timothy chapter 4, starting from verse 1 to 5. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his, appear, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work, in evangel- do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. All right, so tonight, by God's grace, I want to talk about uh, just kind of what's going on. And tonight, I want to I just actually uh, say quotes and say things that, have, that pastors today are saying, that, um, you know, musicians are saying, artists, rappers, there's a lot of things that are said. I don't want to be calling any names. I'm not going dro- to name drop. I'm not going to mention any people because our... Our fight is not against people, right? We don't, we don't go against people. But what we need to know is we, or we need to have discernment of what is happening today, what is, what is happening in, in Christianity. You know, we rage, uh, like they say, we rage against the machine, right, not against people. Our fight is not against people. It's against the system of this world. And, you know, I like how uh, we read this week about how Paul, he said, I build, you know, we're supposed to build each other up. Right? We, don't te- we don't tear each other down. We're not, we're not, we're not supposed to be you know, poking at other people and saying, oh, this person's bad and this person's bad. And you, know, you just kind of accuse people. That's wrong. You know, there's a whole ministry today. There's whole ministries of just accusation. People are pointing fingers. And you know, this, is, this person is, is right. That's, their whole, that's what they do for you know, their whole ministry. That, that's how they serve. And that's not right. You know, we shouldn't be tearing people down. We should build each other up. Right. And but what I want to do is is I want to not not to judge anybody in a way of, you know, I'm not going to accuse anybody, but I do want to point out the truth. I do want to say what's right and what's not, because the Bible says not to judge those people outside of the body, but to judge those people in the body. Now, what does that mean? You know, someone will say, no, you're not allowed to judge anybody. You can't judge people. Jesus said in Matthew, chapter seven. Don't judge, right? You, you shouldn't judge your neighbor. That's true. Jesus says that. Jesus did say that, but that's probably one of the most uh, misappropriated words of Jesus because he said, well, what kind of judgment is he talking about? He's talking about not judging hypocritically, right? He said, he said if you have a speck in your eye, how are you going to, or if you have a log in your eye, how can you take out a speck from your brother's eye? So he's talking about hypocritical judging, right? So that is wrong. We're against that. We don't do that. That's, that's wrong to, to accuse people. You know, you do something wrong and you're like, oh, yeah, what about you? And you did this and you did that. No, we don't do that. But what we need to do is, like Jesus said, judge righteous judgments. Like Jesus said in John chapter 7, judge righteously. Judge with right judgments. Um, and that's what we need to do. We need to judge not, not those outside of the body because, because we know that people in the world, we know they're lost, Right. We know that they have the devil in them, okay? We don't need to figure out, you know, judge what kind of devil they have and how bad they are. No, we don't do that. We just, we, we know that they're lost. They need Jesus. But, but Paul said, judge those inside of the body. So that means to see what's happening and to discern. Um, and that's what I want to do tonight, today. I want to take the Bible and 
look at the Bible and see what does the Bible say compared to what other people are saying. Because to be honest, who cares what people think, right? Who cares what I think? You know, honestly, who cares what I think? You know, I don't think any of you guys came to hear what I had to say. You know, we are not supposed to care what people say. We're supposed to care what the Word of God says. Amen? And that's the, that's the thing that, that we need to see is what, what does the Word of God say? Because people, their opinions change, you know, dramatically. Okay, people can think one thing today. You'll think the next something else tomorrow. People change. But you know what never changes? The Word of God. The Word of God endures forever, and everything will change except for the Word of God. The Word of God never changes. And so that's what we, all we have to stand on is the Word of God. You know, and today people are like, oh, well, you know, you have to respect my opinion. Man, my opinion, it matters, okay? You need to, you need to respect me. You know, how do you know what I'm saying is wrong? How do you know? What if I'm right? You know, how, do you, how are you going to judge me? Like, you, can't, you know, today we have, we have this kind of this, this notion of, well, everybody's got an opinion and everybody's opinion counts. And that's kind of what we see today, right? But to be honest, that's not what the Word of God says. And that's not what's true. You know, your opinion, to be honest, doesn't really matter. As, 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 as rude as that might sound, especially in today's, you know, society where everybody's got to have a voice and every, you know, don't say anything about what, what I have, to, you know, what I'm saying is right. How do you know it's not right? It's right for me. If it's right for me, then it's true. No, that's not right. We need to judge according to the word of God. And that's what, that's what I want to do tonight. I want to judge according to the word of God. And, you know, today there's an attack on the word of God. I don't know if you guys knew, knew, knew that or not. There is an attack on the Word of God. People are not believing the Bible anymore. I mean, the, the percentage of Christians who actually believe the Word of God is truly the Word of God is very low. I, I heard of something like 6 to 7% of all people who profess to be Christians. Very low percentage of, of you know, professing Christians actually believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And that's a very sad fact. You know, we were, uh, this Tuesday, we went witnessing with my group, and uh, we were talking, uh, me, it was me, Alan, and Tim, we were, we were, we were talking to some guy who was um, just kind of this young, young black guy, and he's kind of, you know, probably like mid-20s, and, and, you know, I asked him, are you a Christian, you believe in God? Yeah, yeah, you go to church? Yeah, I went to some churches. Uh, Do you believe the Bible is the word of God? He's like, well, you know, I don't know, because people are not you know, you can't trust people, and he's kind of got off in this thing. And then later, he's like, but, you know, he started taking the Bible and justifying himself by the Bible. And I'm like, man, you don't even believe in the Bible. How are you going to tell me, you, you, how are you going to show me a scripture if you, if you don't believe in the Word of God? How, how can you do that? And, you know, and that's actually the sad fact of what's happening today is people do not believe in the Word of God. And today, man, we have so much evidence, so much proof that the Bible is the Word of God. You know, honestly, we went after kids camp, or actually before kids camp, I, I, I was studying, you know, manuscripts, how much, there's actually today, there's over 50,000 manuscripts, both of the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they are so accurate to one another, they are stored, they, they, I mean, I'm not going to go into it, because there's a lot that, that, that I can talk about with, with the proof of the Bible, how the Bible is really the Word of God. But there's so much evidence, and today we need, to take a, we need to make a decision that the Word of God is what we believe, that's our final authority, and who cares what people think, because today people are saying, you know, crazy things. I'm going to read to you guys some things that people are saying. 
you're going to, you're going to, I don't know, you're going to want to pull out your hair or something. You're going to go crazy. You're going to be like, man, that's what people are saying. Honestly, I'm looking into this and I was getting mad. I was like, I cannot believe people actually believe that. It's like, where do they come up with this stuff? Uh, <clears throat> right. And, and, you know, these are things that are not just somewhere out there. I'm going to mention people, not, you know, some crazy people that do, you know, some, some crazy, some corner in, of the country that nobody knows about and they, you know, worship with vipers on their hands and stuff. No, I'm not talking about people like that. I'm, I'm going to talk about people that are actually, like, we know them. You know, you have these artists probably on your iTunes playlist. You know, most likely, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention their names, but they affect our lives. I'll even say that we sing some of the songs in church. And not to say that the songs are bad. No, the songs are great. The people are not bad. The people are great. I have no problem with the people. But what I'm saying is there is a message. Maybe they, maybe they don't even know what they're, what they're doing. They, I, I, you know what? I'm gonna, I just believe that they love God with all their heart. But some of the things are not right. And we need to expose it. We need to know what's true and what's, what's not true. And also another interesting fact. 26 out of 27 New Testament books mention false doctrine. Did you guys know that? 26 out of the 27 books in the, in the New Testament talk about false doctrine. Can you guys, do you guys know which one does not talk about false doctrine? Anybody want to take a guess? Uh, Acts? No. Jude? No. It's a small book. Judah? No. Philemon, yes. Philemon or Philemon, however. The only book in the New Testament that does not say anything about false doctrine. All right, and let's go to, we're going to start, let's go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, and this is Paul talking to the Galatians, and he, he just gets into them. Galatians chapter 1. If you found it, say, I got it. Okay, let's, I'm going to read from verse 6 down to verse 9. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you to the grace of God. To a di- in the grace of God to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But, if, but even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any, gospel, any other gospel to you than, the, than what we have preached to I'm sorry. If we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed." As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. So he's talking about a different gospel, a different gospel. There's a, an, an interview with Oprah, with a famous pastor. Now, first of all, anybody getting interviewed with Oprah, I'm, that's always like a red flag. And like, what is, like, she doesn't, she believes all paths lead to God, you know, like all Paths start on one mountain, but they're all on different sides. You could be Muslim or Buddhist or Christian or Arab, what, what, or uh, what, what are some other religions? Uh, Jew, whatever. You're going to get to God no matter what. All paths lead to God. That's what, that's what she believes. And so anytime a pastor's interview, getting interviewed with her, I'm always like, this is like, what, what are they, well, what, why? It just doesn't make sense. But anyways, the question came up right here. This, and this guy's very, the, the, this pastor's very famous. This question came up. Do you believe that only Christians can have a relationship with God? A pretty blunt, straightforward question. Do you believe that only Christians can have a relationship with God? You know, so what do you think he said? Well, he said, no, 
I believe that when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the way I read that, Jesus said that he is the road marker. He is the map. So I think that God loves people so much that whether they accept or reject him, he's still gracious and he's still moving and he's still, and he's still giving you massive red blinking lights for chances to take a right turn when maybe you take a left. But I believe God loves people and that's what this gospel is based on. It's based on love. Now listening to this interview, he, this guy said so many good things. I mean, you, you listen to him, you're like, man, amen. You know, you, this guy's saying just great things and, and he's going and he's touching on different points. And you're like, something's kind of not right, but, but it all sounds pretty good. You're like, man, okay, this guy's doing pretty good. And you get to a place and you're like, wow, that is, that is not right. You know, man, that just does not sound right at all. He said, he said, no, not only Christians can have a relationship with God. Hmm. That's, you know, that's very quick. And, you know, the, 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 what we just read, that if, any, if anyone preaches to you any other gospel, an angel, if you're in your room and an angel comes into your bedroom and tells you something, you got to say, hold on, let me see what the Bible says, right? I, I don't know about that. It, you know, even if someone raises a dead person, okay, and, and he tells you something, you got to say, uh, hold up, let me check what the Bible says, right? We have to check everything according to the word of God. You know, in false teachers, today, the, the, the problem with the false teacher is not that they say crazy stuff like, you know, the devil's not going to say, hey, you, follow me. But the devil's really sneaky, right? He's deceptive. He, he likes to, you know, he'll say, you know, it'll all sound really good. And he'll say nine things out of, out of, you know, nine things just in a row that are just great. And then that tenth thing is like, oh, that's something, something's not right. See, the devil, that's what he does. He's sneaky. He, he deceives. He uses deception. He deceives people. He's, he's the father of lies, right? The devil is a liar. And he, that's what he wants to do. Is he wants to make it, sound, make it look so good, make it sound so great, everything's okay. But he'll add a little bit of, of you know, false, you know, a little bit of error, a little bit of, it's like, you know, you have 99% water and then the 1% is poison. That's okay. It's just 1%. It's not that bad. It can still kill you. I mean, it depends what kind of poison it is, but it can still kill you. But it's just that 1%. See, that 1% is that, is that thing that is deceiving many people. Just that 1%. Today in our country, you know, today in, in Christianity, we are facing just deception everywhere. We're not being attacked from the outside, you know, by CNN or by, you know, CN, CNBC or, you know, some, some network or whatever. We're not being attacked by, by a corporation. We are being attacked from within the body of Christ. That's what's happening. People like, you know, countries like China, they get attacked like headlong, all right? It's just, you know, the devil's killing them. He's trying to, you know, they're being tortured. They're being, you know, taken away from their homes, put in jail, that kind of stuff. That's not what we face today. Today we are facing a sneak attack from the devil. Right? We are facing a sneak. It's not headlong, right? It's not like, like you know what's coming and you can face it. It's very deceptive. It's very sneaky. I think it's a harder kind of a warfare that we got here, you know, in, in, in America than people have, you know, in China or some, you know, third world country where, where Christians are being persecuted. You know, and, and that's the thing is you have so many things. Are, they look so good, but then that one thing is just a little bit off. Just that one thing. You know, is, are you sure, you know, do you have to be a Christian to have a relationship with God? No. And, and he says, he says that he, the, the, way, the way that he sees it is that Jesus is the road marker. He's the map. 
So I think that God loves people so much that whether they accept or reject Him, He's still gracious and He's still moving. So what does the Bible say about that? You know, we know some of the places, uh, like in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What about 1 Timothy 2, 5? If you want to turn there, you can turn there. 1 Timothy 2, 5. It says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, the man Christ Jesus. Also in Acts 4, 11 through 12, the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other name, no other way, right? So when someone says to be a Christian, you don't, or to, to, have, to have a relationship with God, you don't have to have a, you don't have to be a Christian, that's, that's a heresy. That's a heretical statement. That's not according to the, to the Bible. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a universalist kind of a gospel where people are accepting others. And, and, and no, we, we want to accept others, but they want to accept them as they are. And yeah, you know, and this is, I'm going to say a quote from, a, from another pastor. Also, a very famous pastor. He was being interviewed um, on a radio show and on this radio show, a Muslim woman called in, and she said, I'm a Shiite, and, I believe, and she said what she believes in, and she said, yeah, we work with the church, and everything was going so great. So do you believe that I have to become a Christian in order to be saved? And he kind of started dancing around the question like, well, um, you know, it's not for me to judge. Well, you know, it's kind of God's decision. He's kind of dancing around it. And then he said this. He said, uh, he quoted John 10, 16. You can go to John 10, 16 if you want to go there. He said, Jesus said that he has sheep that are not of his fold. So God will decide whose those sheep are. He said, God, God has sheep not of this fold. Right? So what, what is Jesus talking about there? In John 10, 16, he said, The other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them I also must bring. They will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Who's Jesus talking about that other, that other flock, the other fold? He's talking about Gentiles. He's talking, about, he's talking to Jews, and he's saying there's people that are going to be part of the body of Christ, that, that people are going to be saved, not only Jews, but Gentiles as well. So he is, so that's what Jesus was talking about. But, they, but this pastor, he just kind of, you know, said, well, there's other sheep, other folds, you know, maybe you'll get in. That's a very interesting statement. And that's very, it's, it's, it's playing, there, there's a lot of this universalism where all paths lead to God. When we hear anything like that, we need to know what's going on. Um, another thing that I wanted to touch up on are worldly Christians, where today the world is being mixed in with the church, and instead of it being corrected and, and you know, talked against, it's being accepted and it's being pushed. It's being, um, you know, it's, it's almost popular today. And a lot of um, a lot of Christian rappers, guys, a lot of Christian rappers today are doing this, a lot. And I was a bit, I mean, back in the day, you know, a while ago, I, I really, I was for Christian rap, and I'm, you know, I really liked, I mean, I was always, you know, we need more Christian rap, it's good, it's a good message, it, it, it encourages people, it's relevant to young people, it helps us, it, it presents the gospel in a great way, and I'm not against Christian rap, but today, I've my opinion has really changed 
about it. I'm not saying it's wrong altogether, but I will say that there's a lot of worldliness today in Christian rappers, and we need to be careful who we're listening to. Uh, Very careful. There's a quote from a very famous Christian rapper. Really, it's just befriending the industry and the world in a sense, letting them become more familiar with me so so they can say, I get it. And this is when he was asked, how is he trying to fit in with the industry, with the music industry today? He, he said, really, it's about befriending the industry and the world in a sense. What does the Bible say about that? Do not be friends with the world, right? What, what, what happens when you're a friend of the world? You're an enemy of who? Of God, right? So that's what the Bible says, but he's saying something else. Now, you see, we have, to, we have to remember, when someone is very big, very popular, a lot of times we can just hear what they say and just accept it. We need to be careful with, with especially people that are very big, people that are very popular. We need to be careful with what they say. Uh, and, you know, there's another verse that says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. So the Bible says the world cannot know us, right? Because it doesn't know God. Us in the world, we don't have things in common. We're supposed to reach out to the world. We're supposed to, you know, I, I, I always try to, you know, at, at lunch, I always sit with people that are worldly, you know, to try to get the message of God to them. You know, yeah, they curse and, you know, they, they, you know, they say wrong things and they know I, I tell them, guys, you know, don't curse. And, but I'm, I, I'm, I don't always try to, you know, my, my goal is not to get them to stop cursing. My goal is to preach Jesus to them. And I am all for reaching the lost. I'm all for that. Believe me. We need to do that. We need to do that more. But never in the Bible does it say to compromise your message and to compromise who you are in order to reach the world. Jesus never did that. Paul never did that. And we can't do that either. And today, I mean, this is, uh, and this is a, a Christian rapper. I'm going to say some quotes. He's seeing everything that's happening today in Christian rap. And this is what he said. There's a very interesting, uh, very interesting lines by him. He says, when a brother says, Lord, kill me if I don't preach the gospel, and then completely switches up his approach, it's confusing. When a Christian record label switches the meaning of unashamed on their website and removes explicit reference to Jesus, it's confusing. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. When you keep that as your brand and remove the gospel from your music, it's confusing. When, Christians are, when Christian artists regularly give unqualified endorsements to rappers who regularly blaspheme God, it's confusing. When a Christian artist gives people the impression that unbelievers and Christians get equal blessings, it's confusing. You know, today, a lot of Christian artists are, are doing kind of, what, what do they call, collabs with unchristian with with people that not are just unchristian that are you know blasphemers of god they're today they're 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 you know people like kanye west he is is being associated with the church more and more and he literally said i am god he literally called himself god he 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 pretends to be jesus he has a crown and everything on him this is someone that is a blasphemer of god and we need to see we need to we need to realize what's what's going on today and, and a lot of, because today, the, the hip-hop culture, the, it's all around us, you know. I grew up listening to rap. I grew up listening to hip-hop. That's kind of how, this is the culture that we have. A, a lot of, a lot of kind of, uh, I think it influences a lot of people. But, you know, it cannot take away 
who God is, right? It cannot take away what, you know, it, it can't replace God's kingdom on this earth. We can't just take it and say, well, let's just run with it because, you know, it's, it's, it's so popular. Uh, there's a, so there's, there's a very famous, um, there's a very famous gospel artist who's endorsing Snoop Dogg. Now, if you guys who don't know who Snoop Dogg is, well, I don't know if you know who Snoop Dogg is. He's a very bad rapper, okay? Very bad. I mean, you know, here's his fruit, okay? Pornography, lyrical, sexual immorality, promotion of drugs, lyrical approval of murder, and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Now, there's a gospel singer that is promoting him because, turns out, Snoop Dogg is writing a Christian a gospel track. He's writing a gospel album. He's come out of the, I don't, I don't know how that works, but that's what he's doing. Uh, and so this gospel, I mean, I actually really uh, respected this gospel artist, very respected. He's a giant in the gospel industry, very, very well known, very well respected. And a lot of people are shocked that he's saying that, you know, we should give this brother a chance. This is what he says. He said, if you walk by a person with a different persuasion or color or sexual orientation, but God was dealing with them, and they were singing a song unto God that you knew would, would you not at least stop by and sing it with them? God is worthy of that moment. Why are y'all stopping that? You know, basically he's saying, if someone's trying to write a gospel album, let them write it to the glory of God. But what we need to understand is God does not listen to the prayers of someone that is not righteous. He doesn't even listen to their prayers. It says that they're an abomination to his ears. Someone that is wicked, let alone a gospel album. God doesn't listen to that kind of... They might be making noise, but God, God isn't hearing any of it. And, you know, and just, just the secular music in, in general. This is a very popular Christian vlogger. Okay, th- this guy is very popular, very well known. And this is just... This made me just get a little bit upset. This is what he said. He's talking about is gospel or is secular music wrong or not? And, and he's saying, no, of course it's not wrong. This is what he says. We say that, it, that if the song talks about unglorifying things like sex, drugs, then it's evil. We very easily call that a sin. But how come when there's Christian music that's really poorly produced and bad art, we don't call that easily as much a sin? That's just, I, I don't know. I don't even understand where he's coming from. But biblically, it is. I don't know how he doesn't say any, anything about the Bible there, but... He says, biblically it is, because if we are supposed to be products of the Creator, we are supposed to be His creation, reflecting who He is. And as Christians, we're supposed to be the most creative. Did you guys know that? We're supposed to be the most creative. And to be the best artist, we're supposed to be the best artist. Wow. Because, you know, that's in, I forget which chapter of which book that's in, but I don't know. We're supposed to be the best artist because we know the true artist. So when we're reflecting God as cheesy, as a copycat, as poorly produced, that's as much a sin because we're giving a poor image of who he is and what he has done for us. And the next thing that he says, this is, this is, even, this is even worse. He goes on to say that as for me, I can worship to Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror just as much as to Hillsong United. Why? Because Hillsong's or because Michael Jackson's song is true and it's right. So he worships, he, he goes on to say, it's a good song, it talks about dealing with yourself, and so that's a good song. I can worship to God as any other Christian song. 
So this is the kind of things that we're hearing today. This is the kind of things that are happening today. And people believe. People are believing this kind of stuff. People are believing these kinds of things. And this is, this is, the, sad, this is the sad reality that people do not take the Bible. And this is a re- reoccurring theme that as I looked at these things, this is a reoccurring theme. People do not believe the Word of God. They don't take the Word of God. They don't accept it as being the true Word of God. And they, they take what they want, but they throw out the rest. We need to have a balance when we look at the Bible. I'm going to talk about a couple more things. Uh, the hyper-grace message. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the hyper-grace message. And these, I'm, guys, I'm just scratching the surface, okay? I could, I could go on a, probably a whole sermon on every single point that I'm making, but I'm just, what I want to do is I just want to bring these things up so that we see what we're dealing with. We see the, the system that this world is trying to, is trying to push on the church. Um, the hyper-grace message. The hyper-grace message, the error of it is that it says that all your future sins have been forgiven and that it doesn't matter what you do. God's grace is greater than your sin and you cannot out-sin God. So I actually, I remember one time I actually said, and I, didn't, I guess I didn't know what I was talking about. I actually said one time that God forgives all of our sins, even our future sins. And the reason why that's an error is, yeah, God forgives us for our sins. God forgives us for everything that we've done when we repent and we turn to God. But what they believe is that God forgives all of your future sins so that when you sin, it won't even be considered a sin because you've accepted Jesus into your life and Jesus cannot sin, therefore you cannot sin once you accepted Jesus into your life. And so that logic takes you to, a, that you know, if you take that, that thought to its you know, conclusion, you'll start to believe that no matter what you do, God doesn't see your sin. And that's just not true. In Matthew 16, 15, or 6, 15, it says this, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will, forgive, will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So what we see there is the Bible's talking, Jesus said, if you forgive people, God will forgive you. If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. So yes, we're forgiven for all of our sins. And when you commit a sin, you, you, you don't fall out of forgiveness. You're still in the, in the state of, for, of forgiven. You are forgiven. And we don't know where that line is that you cross, that you're not forgiven anymore once you continue to sin. We don't know. But, the, but what we cannot say is that God has forgiven all of your future sins, and, and no, no matter what you do, you'll, you're still forgiven. We cannot say that because biblically, that is not true. And you know, some, some people say, well, you can't take those words seriously because Jesus said that before he died on the cross. And some people say this. This is what they actually believe in. Whatever Jesus said before the cross doesn't apply to Christians today. Can you guys believe that? This is, that's what they say. Because they don't like the words of Jesus. This is, what, this is what false teaching does. It takes you to some weird, crazy idea that they come up with. God, you know, whatever Jesus said before the cross is, uh, is, is, not, is, not, for, is not for Christians today. I'm just going to read. This is, I'm like, man, this is crazy because uh, I'm going to read in Revelations. If you guys want to open up to Revelation chapter 2, there is some words of Jesus. And this is what interesting what they say about this. Because the, in Revelation chapter 2, words of Jesus are after his resurrection... After the cross, after everything, and this is what he says. Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 through 5. I'm going to read a couple of them. 
Uh, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Let's keep going. Revelation two fifteen through 16. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Revelation two twenty one through 23. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds, I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the mind and hearts, and I will give to each one according to your works. Revelation 3.3. There, remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Uh, Revelation 3.15-16. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish... You were cold or hot, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And the last one, verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. So we just read the words of Jesus. That was not the words of anybody else. The words of Jesus, post-resurrection. You know what they do with these words? They say, well, if you base your theology on the book of Revelations, you're going to come up with, you're going to be in a mess. So they just throw out the whole book of Revelation. Let's just throw out all the words of Jesus that we don't like. How about that? And this is what is happening today with false teaching. Uh, and I'm going to mention some, I'm going to say some quotes by them. This is how they respond to uh, Matthew 6.15 that we read earlier. Jesus said, if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is not good news. This is bad news that should make us shake in our boots. For it links God's forgiveness to our own. It is not grace. It is law. It is quid pro quo and tit for tat. It is something you must give to get. And then someone else said, um, his response to that same verse, well, we don't teach this. That's not the gospel that Billy Graham teaches. That's not what, that's not what we teach today. That's not our message. You know, well, we, we don't teach what Jesus said. Come on, guys. That's, that's not right. This is what someone else said. Uh, Repentance and confession of sins are never necessary. They actually say, don't repent of your sins. Uh, Another one said, you should ask for forgiveness from God only once. And I'm quoting this one, or uh, paraphrasing this one. After that, you are sinning when you ask for forgiveness because you don't trust in God's power to forgive you. So if you ever ask for forgiveness, you're actually committing a sin because you don't really believe that, that you're forgiven for all your sins. Someone else said this, we all sin, even after we are saved. But God does not see our sin any longer. He sees Jesus. In Jesus, there is no sin. It's just such a, such a nice message, right? To just so nice for our ears. You guys will notice this with, with all false teaching is it's easy. It's easy for the flesh. It's, it's, it's desirable. You're like, man, that is great. Because why? It makes things easier. Nobody has some false doctrine about how you have to wake up in the morning and pray two hours every single day. That's never going to be a false doctrine, I guarantee you, because that's not easy. But the, the easy things, this becomes false doctrine. You know, there's another, there's a verse um, in 1 John chapter, 1 John 1, 8 through 9. It says this, if we, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So it says, if you confess your sins, God is faithful, He will forgive you. You know what they say about that verse? They say, well, 1 John chapter 1 was written to the, to the world. Chapter 2 and the rest of the chapters were written to the, to the church. So they just divided 1 John between the first chapter and the last chapter. There's not a shred of evidence for that anywhere. That, they just pulled that out of thin air. You know, it's not like John wrote five different letters you know, with five different chapters and sent them at different times. No, that, that message is all for the church. And that's what they do. They take the message like, oh, well, we don't like this. Okay, let's just come up with a reason why this doesn't fit our theology. Um, and the hyper-grace message, uh, it's overtaken many churches and Christians, especially in South Africa. When pastors are asked with what kind of an effect this has had on the people, they say there is an increase in divorce and remarriage. Because if your sins have been forgiven, who cares if it's wrong or not? That's where the logical conclusion is. Who cares if it's wrong? I mean, our sins are forgiven, right? So a lot of, it, it gives people almost a license to, to, it allows them to sin because you're forgiven. It's, everything's okay. The last thing that I want to talk about, this thing is just, so I can't even believe that I'm even talking about this, but this is cursing. Cursing in churches, cursing in Christian music, cursing in, this is, this is I mean, you guys, you guys might be surprised that I'm talking about this, but uh, it's, when you, when, okay, I'm going to read this. This is a church in Los Angeles. This is what the pastor said. So basically, in this church, they played uh, Jay-Z. They played his album in the church, all right, a song. And it's one of his latest albums. And I think the song is called something like Story of O.J. And I have no idea what, what, what it's about. If you don't know who Jay-Z is, he's a very, uh, very bad rapper. used a lot of cuss words. And instead of playing the clean version, you know how the songs, the, the bad songs, they have a clean radio edit version? And then they have the, the uncut, you know, the, the, the evil version. Well, they decided to play the uncut one, the evil one, in their church with the cursing, with everything, and three girls did a dance to it. I counted over 20 curse words in the chorus alone, all right? They used the N-word, they used the F-word, S-word, everything, okay? They, they, just go, they just go off. So this is, what, um, this, is what he, this is what the pastor says. There's nothing wrong with a few expletives in church. He says because he knows God can handle it, and he is standing his ground even though he's been getting death threats for his belief. This is, what, this is what he believes. The truth is, sometimes when I'm praying, my prayers are not, guide me, O thy great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I'm not quoting from the 23rd Psalm. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not quoting from Philippians. Sometimes my prayers have explicit language in them. Really. It's an interesting pastor. He says, God, I am bleep, bleep, bleep upset. And because of that, I learned God can handle that. Really? Okay. Well, this is what he goes on to say. One thing that's apparent about language is that there's a difference between cursing or using derogatory language and using colloquial language. This is what he said. Uh, what Jay-Z was using in this particular presentation was not inflammatory or derogatory. He was making a point to just communicate in a colloquial dialect that people understand. Ain't a word in that song that I don't know myself, that my congregation doesn't know, or have used. He's saying his congregation curses, I guess. So why do, why do we come to, into, the house of, into God's house and act like we don't know it? Why do we come to the house of God and act like we don't know? Okay, so if we know that there's cursing, so we should have it in the house of God. 
You know, it's like saying, you know, if we know that the devil has a Bible, you know, or, or Satan's Bible, should we read the Satan's Bible in church too? You know, just because we know it exists. Uh, and it's not just this church. There's lots of this. I mean, Christian rap right now, guys, honestly, Christian rap is just laced with, with cursing in Christian rap. You'd be surprised. You know, this was a tweet by somebody. Uh, I, I think I, I mentioned this before, but I'm just going to say it just because it, it goes with this with this topic. Uh, he, this Christian rapper tweeted this. Do you guys really think if a person uses profanity, words we've, been given, we've given meaning in their music, they couldn't possibly be Christian? Why? And he kind of started this whole debate about that. There's even a popular Christian band is, has, has a curse word in one of their songs. They use the word hell, but not in the way of like Gehenna, but like in, in a bad sort of way. It says, and the, the guy that, uh, the people that approved these lyrics, they came out with a statement and they said this. We live in a desperately broken world. Occasionally it feels as if hell itself has been unleashed. Of course we know our victory and safety is in Christ, but it still hurts. Our songwriters have written the same idea in an authentic, determined, and truthful way. Even when it hurts like, I'll praise you. Well, sometimes it does, and so we will even if it hurts like blank. And, well, let's go, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. And honestly, there's so many different, uh, I'm coming to the close of, of the sermon right now, but there's just so many things that I, could be, that I could have said. I'm just scratching the surface. So many scriptures, so many, I mean, we just don't have time. But my point is not to accuse people my, my point was not to go against anybody. Uh, I'm not against any songs or any, any artists or anything. But what I want to do is I want to point out the errors that, that are in the body of Christ that we need to be aware of. In Ephesians 4.29, it says, uh, we're going to read for a while from 4.29 to 5.12. Let, there no, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of, re- of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from, from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. So, you know, no, he's talking about joking, bad joking. For this we know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God has come upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Kind of like what we're doing tonight. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. And that's, 
that's what we have. And, you know, there's just, there's, there's a lot more that we can talk about. There's a lot more that could be said. But I think we get the point. I think we can see that today we need to be very cautious as Christians, as Bible. You know, we, be, we believe in the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God. We need to know what the Word of God is saying. We were talking with the, with the woman on Tuesday. Uh, also, we, she was just walking by, and, and I asked the guys, I'm like, hey, you guys want to do a little interview? And, and, and there's two guys and a girl. They're like, no, no. She's like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And so, you know, it turns out she's a Christian, and she's tattooed everywhere, and she's, you know, I, I'm not sure. Tim, was she smoking? Was, or I'm not sure if she was smoking or not. Do you remember? No, but it was, it was kind of, she was very, just kind of really, um, I mean, you could see not right, you know. You could see that she's not living a right lifestyle, probably living over there in that area where they all kind of live and just a really sketchy area. Uh, and, and, you know, and she's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm saved. And you can see that she's deceived. And, you, and, and my question always, the thing that gets me a little bit upset is, is when you listen to a uh, you know, when you listen to these people and you realize who was the pastor that told them this message, right? Who was the pastor that allowed them to be deceived and allowed them to think that they're okay with God and they're, you know, living in just complete sin and doing drugs and, and you know, drinking and get, getting drunk and whatever. They're living a complete sinful life and they think they're okay with God. And, guys, we need to know the Word of God. And that's, that's the thing that after, after looking into this, after seeing everything, you realize that people, what, where people are off, there's two things that they're, first of all, they don't accept the Word of God as being the Word of God. Really, when it comes down to it, they don't accept the full Word of God. They'll take verses. They'll take, oh, I like this idea, so I'm going to fit my verse around that idea. I'm going to fit what I believe, and, and, and this is what I think, and I'm going to pull out verses and other verses. I'm going to explain them away. We can't do that. We need to know the, what the Word of God says, we need to be open to the Word. Not just know it, but to, be, but to be open, to receive it, to say, yes, the Word, this is, you know, to be sincere before the Word of God and allow it to be like a sword that cuts you, right, that, that exposes. The Word of God, it says it is a sharp sword, and it exposes. It deals with us. It, 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 it separates what's holy, what's not holy. And we need this word to cut on us. And we need to allow the word of God. We need to say, yes, I want the word of God to correct me. I don't want what I want because I'm not sure if I'm right or not. That's why we need the word of God to change us. That's why we say we need, that, we need to read the Bible every day. That's why we have a Bible reading plan. Not so, we're not saved by our Bible reading plan. We're not, it's not like we become better. You know, We have more points with God because we're reading our Bibles. No, we need to know what the Word of God says so that we don't be, so we're not deceived. Because unless we're in our Word, unless we're, we're, we know doctrine, unless we know the truth, we will fall away. We will listen to these teachings and something will take us. Yeah, I like that and we'll fall away. I've seen people, I know people that have been deceived by these sort of things. Because that person did not take the Word of God as being the Word of God, and he accepted people's authority over the Word of God. And that's very dangerous. And this is, this is something that's happening all over, all over the body of Christ. And, you know, we need to be Christians that are standing for the Word of God. Amen? We need to be Christians that are standing, that are not, uh, that, that are not being deceived. And, and I'm just going to finish with Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. He says this, but there, were some fa- but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will, bring, who will secretly bring in destructive 
heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many, the Bible says, many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. The Bible says many will be deceived by these false teachers. Many. And I, I think we're seeing it today. Many people in the body of Christ are being deceived. Many are falling away. And it's not like it's going to, it's not going to get everybody. As long as you're faithful to the word of God, as long as you, as you stand on the word, it's our foundation. As long as you trust in God, you, we will not fall away. Jesus is able to keep us. Amen. Jesus is able to, to stay with us. And if you know that you, that you know, you don't know the word of God like you need to. You don't know the Bible like you need to know it. And you're not sure if you hear something, whether it's right or not. That's why we need to get into the word. That's why we need to make a, a, we need to make a stand for the word and make a decision that I will get into the word every day. I will read it. I will, I will receive it. I, will, I mean, I listen to the Bible. You know, sometimes I'll listen to the Bible. Listen to, to sound doctrine. Listen to preaching. If you hear something, ask somebody like, hey, is this good? Is, it, should I, is this okay what this pastor is saying? Because there's a lot of heresy going on. And it's not everywhere. It's not, it's, it's not everybody, you know. It's not like we need to, you know, not believe in, in, any, in any preacher. No, we, you know, we should keep our, but we should keep our ears open to what is going on. So let's stand up right now. We're going to pray and just ask that God would lead us. I think we see that we need the word. I think we see that we need God to keep us and not just, not just the word of God, but we need the Holy Spirit to lead us through this. You know, there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of things that we might not even pick up, but the Bible is, is, is the true word of God and the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals it to us. Let's ask that the Holy Spirit would reveal us, He would reveal to us things that we need to know, that the Holy Spirit would be with us, that, that we would give ourselves to the reading of the Word. We would give ourselves in prayer, in, in spending time with God, in spending time in prayer, because without that, we can be lost. Lord, we thank You, God. We thank You tonight for Your Word.